Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of Anthology, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. If this is your first time listening, Anthology is a podcast exploring science fiction anthology storytelling during television's first golden age, beginning with The Twilight Zone. But in honor of Black Mirror's new season premiering on Netflix on October uh, 21st, I'll be covering each episode of Charlie Brooker's technophobic sci-fi anthology series in this bonus episode series of the podcast. You can find more of Anthology at anthologypod.com and find the archives at anthologypod.com slash archive. And if you want to contact me, you can use the Facebook page at facebook.com slash anthologypod. Tweet me at obsessiveviewer. Send an email to matt at obsessiveviewer.com. Or call and leave me a voicemail at 317-762-6099. If you like what you hear and want to support the podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. The more ratings and reviews I get, the easier it will be for people to find the show in iTunes' search results. And if you want to show your support with your wallet, you can do that by clicking the donate button on anthologypod.com or the donate link in the show notes of this episode. Any donations made will help pay the fees of the pod. Uh, p- <laughs> will help pay for the p. Wow. <laughs> will help pay the fees to keep the podcast running, and will also help me pay for Twilight Zone and Rod Serling related books and DVD rela- releases of future series I plan to cover on the show, like Tales of Tomorrow, One Step Beyond, Science Fiction Theater, and others. Um, sorry for the distraction. My cat is roaming around. Anyway. Finally, if you're in Indianapolis, my friends and I at the Obsessive Viewer are hosting an event on October 14th. It's called Shocktober in Irvington, and it's a one-night event screening of short horror films from local filmmakers. We run out a small theater, screen the short films, interview the filmmakers, and raffle off DVDs, Blu-rays, and gift cards to local businesses, all to benefit the Irvington Historical Society. And as an added bonus for anthology listeners, you can get $1 off the price of admission by using the promo code PODCAST2 when you buy your... When you buy your tickets online and for more information as well as a link to buy tickets uh, you can uh, do that at shocktoberinirvington.com so having said all that today on the podcast i'll be discussing 15 million merits it's the second episode of black mirror's first series and it originally aired on december 11th 2011 on channel 4 in the uk As is normal for this podcast, I'm going to start off with a plot summary that's going to spoil the entire episode. Then I'll go through a talent rundown and then conclude the episode with a review of the uh, episode this week. So just so you know, my review and the rest of the episode will be extremely spoiler heavy. So if you haven't seen uh, 15 Million Merits yet, go check it out. It's available on Netflix. Um, Or, yeah, Netflix is pretty much the only... uh, place i don't know if i don't know if black mirror has a um dvd blu-ray release in the u.s i i want to say that it does but i i haven't really seen it around so i don't know i'll have to look into that okay so i'm gonna go ahead and dive into the plot summary now this is comes courtesy of wikipedia A satire on entertainment shows and our insatiable thirst for distraction set in a sarcastic version of a future reality. In this world, everyone must cycle on exercise bikes in order to power their surroundings and generate currency called merits. 
Everyday activities are constantly interrupted by advertisements that cannot be skipped or ignored without financial penalty. Obese people are considered to be second-class citizens and either work as cleaners around the machines where they receive verbal abuse or are humiliated on game shows. Bingham Bing Madsen has inherited 12 million merits from his dead brother and has the luxury of skipping advertisements. In the toilet, he overhears Abby singing. He encourages her to enter into the X into the X Factor style game show Hot Shots, which offers a chance for people to get out of the slave-like world around them. Bing persuades her and, feeling there is nothing real worth buying, purchases the ticket for her. The judges and the crowd enjoy her singing, but they state there is no room for an above-average singer and instead give her the chance to become an adult actress on a pornographic TV station. After goading from the judges and the crowd and drugged on a substance called compliance, Abby reluctantly agrees. Bing returns to his cell without Abby and any merits. When an advert showing Abby performing a sexual act appears on the screen, he can't skip it, as he doesn't have enough merits, and desperately tries to escape his cell, ramming the door until the glass breaks. He hides a shard of glass under his bed. Over the next months, he stops buying food, saving up 15 million merits to buy another competition ticket. He stands in the hotshots waiting room every day without expression until he is called to compete. On stage, he interrupts his performance, draws the shard of glass, and threatens to kill himself live on the show. He tearfully rants about how unfair the system is and how heartless people have become and expresses his anger for how the judges took away, corrupted, and sold the only thing he found that was real. The judges, instead of taking his words into consideration, are impressed by his performance and offer him his own show where he can rant about the system all he likes. Bing accepts and is later shown finishing one of his streams in his penthouse. He pours himself a fresh orange juice and stands staring at a wall-length screen of a window showing a view of a vast green forest stretching to the horizon in a cell much larger than his original. Okay, now I'm going to go through a quick talent rundown of the episode. This episode starred uh, Daniel Kaluuya as Bing, He appeared in one episode of Doctor Who and recently appeared in the movie Sicario. Um, It's funny because I I knew I recognized him from somewhere. I wasn't a big fan of Sicario itself, but um, I remember recognizing him from somewhere. So it's nice to see him here, I guess. Um, uh, As Abby is Jessica Brown Findlay. She appeared in many episodes of Downton Abbey and was recently seen in Victor Frankenstein. The much maligned Victor Frankenstein, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think it was very well received. I didn't see it. And um, according to her IMDb, there is a uh, quote from her that's somewhat um, appropriate for this episode. Um, One of her quotes is, The X Factor makes my toes curl. It reminds me of Victorian freak shows. And as Judge Hope is Rupert Everett, He's appeared in several things, including Parade's End, My Best Friend's Wedding, the Shrek series, and the forthcoming Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. And this episode was written by Charlie Brooker and his wife, Connie uh, Huck. Um, They've been married since July 2010, and they have two children together. Um, She doesn't have many writing credits. Um, Actually, I think this is her only writing credit aside from a short film. And she is the longest-serving female presenter on the TV series Blue Peter. Uh, She was the presenter on it between 1997 and 2007. 
And uh, to be honest, I have no idea what Blue Peter is. <laughs> I didn't uh, look it up. Um, oh, okay, I looked it up now. It's a British children's magazine program which has run since the end of the 50s. It's aimed at kids from the ages of about 6 to 14, and the show has different segments where the presenters would show the viewers how to make things and how to care for your pet and other features like that. So that's interesting. Um, she, Like I said, she was a presenter on it between 97 and 2007, so good for her. Director for this episode is Uris Lin. Uh, this is the only episode of Black Mirror that he's directed so far. Um, he also directed several episodes of Doctor Who, uh, one episode of Sherlock, three episodes of Broadchurch, and a couple episodes of Daredevil. Um, I believe those episodes of Daredevil were in season two. So I'll start off with my initial thoughts on this episode, um, meaning my initial um, reaction to the episode when I first saw it back in 2015. Um, the first time I saw it, I was quite honestly pretty emotionally devastated by it. Um, I was, I just was really invested in the romantic relationship between the two leads. And I just, I was just on that journey just from the word go. And I loved the world building and I'll, I'll get into that in a bit. But, um, I think part of the context for, why this episode affected me so strongly when I first saw it was that at the time, um, and this may be a little personal, but, um, at the time, a brief relationship that I had had recently ended in which, um, the, the, the girl I was seeing just, uh, needed was, was in, uh, was pursuing her creative dreams. I'll say that. Um, so seeing this episode so closely after, um, going through a breakup with a girl who was, like wanted to pursue something creative um just kind of kind of destroyed me a little bit um and uh yeah it was it was it it was really effective so one of the challenges or one of the not concerns but one of the things i i had in the back of my mind going into this review and this this viewing of it is could this episode um affect me as deeply as it did that first ep- that first time seeing it because now i mean could i could i still could i still be emotionally affected by this episode without the context that i viewed it in the first time so that was my that was my question going into the episode and spoiler alert but yeah this episode really uh was really effective on me this time around it was just so so good um first things first um from my perspective the episode itself is just a spectacular piece of writing. Um, the amount of world building that went into the opening scenes and all the things that are set up and later referred to in different ways, such as the, um, the guy who is like angrily (laughs) or not angrily, but, um, the really obnoxious, uh, POS guy (laughs) who is, uh, just really inconsiderate and just a, terrible human being um his interactions with the other the other guy who goes through the entire episode um getting off the bike and becoming a cleaner and then eventually ending up on that uh humiliating game show um bother guts um and then also the girl that was into being in the in the beginning and how she's not like she didn't really get over that just little things little things throughout the um throughout the episode that just that 
color the world in a certain way was just really spectacular. And then you, you factor in the relationship between being an Abbey and how that's developed gradually and with very little dialogue. It's just, it's just awe-inspiring how well this episode works and how great the script is. It's, it's just absolutely incredible. And like I said, going into the episode, there's a lot of just amazing world building. Um, the bikes are kind of somewhat like they're like the inhabitants of the, of the world's, um, uh, offices essentially. Um, and it's just, it just shows that opening sequence of being going about his daily life. It shows the mundane nature of his entire, his entire existence and the way that the, that the room that he occupies, just the cell essentially, it just feels like such a prison, um, to the people. And, and just seeing that in that opening scene, just, really got you into exactly what kind of world this was and what kind of world this occupies and it being black mirror just the fact that it's all a ton of um screens that (laughs) occupy everyone's field of vision at all times um is just remarkable and i love the way that they introduce the or the they establish the economy of the of the world um the merits system where everything everything they do even um brushing their teeth or, 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 um, every action results in paying payment. Like they have to pay to do simple things. Um, it's, it's a very efficient and terrifying system and I'll get into it a little bit going forward. Um, how it seems like there's kind of a ominous presence at the helm of it, um, especially when being and Abby are starting to connect for the first time. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a bit, but it's just, it's, it's just such an amazing, amazing episode to me. I'm going to be lavishing praise on this episode, this entire review. So I don't know how effective it'll be, but, um, so after we've established the, the world and, and the way that everything is, everything is uh, connected and, and supports itself and everything. Um, which is, which is something that I love is we don't, we don't see, we don't see from the outset that, okay, they're biking because they are generating power for the rest of the world or, or what have you, or the city or whatever it is. Um, we just get like hints that this is, this is the way it is. This is, there isn't like an overload of exposition at all throughout the entire episode. And it's something that I, I, I have just the utmost respect for someone who can pull off that level of, of screenwriting, um, and establish this world. Cause it is a very well established world. And I remember when I, when I, um, back in 2015 on the podcast on, on the obsessive viewer podcast, I, had just talked this show up so much and my co-host uh tiny uh watched it and one of his complaints was that he felt like it wasn't established that well or he he wanted more information about how the world works and at the time i hadn't watched it for maybe a month or so and just rewatching it now i'm like i feel compelled to tell him to watch it again because there it's it's all there it's just it's just so subtle and gradual and just really um organic the way that it all comes out and it's just freaking amazing i love it (laughs) 
So there is a ton of just beautiful music that's played throughout this episode, and it just sets the tone so well for each sequence. And and part of my concern, or, or one of the things that I'm kind of wondering around this time watching it is, I kind of wonder if that um, that feeling that like the the emotional connection I have with these characters and the and this setting and this world. Um, I wonder how much of that is informed by the music because the music is just absolutely pitch perfect, beautiful, and given the given the way that um, there's not a lot of dialogue in the scenes, um, like the early scenes between Bing and Abby. Since there's not a lot of dialogue, I kind of wonder if maybe the maybe the music is deceiving me a little bit and making me care about this interaction. But that's also cheaping in it, uh, cheaping cheapening it way too much because. Because their relationship, their growth is remarkable. And um, I'm getting a little bit of ahead of myself because before I talking about their relationship, I wanted to talk about the first girl that um, kind of kind of hits on him because <laughs> he, he has trouble with the vending machine, um, which that's another thing that's just – it's brilliant because – he has this trouble with the vending machine. She teaches him how to how to get how to get the food out without having to spend more merits and and like this is just a, a simple like scene, but it comes back like it comes back twice within the episode because he shows it to Abby and that's like it shows like that that attempt at a connection when it's with the right person is is strong like it'll it'll be effective and strong. Um, Bing just wasn't interested in the other girl. And I love that. And then it even comes back later when Bing is um, working on getting his merits to get to buy the ticket to go on Hot Shots. Um, It's just it's just amazing. The economy of uh, the um, the efficiency of the storytelling, like nothing is wasted in this episode. And I absolutely love that about it. Like I kept thinking that the world building in the universe established in this episode is so strong and so beautiful that it could sustain itself for an entire, an entire movie, which is kind of funny to me because this is a 50 minute, a little over an hour long uh, episode. So you could extend it an extra 25, 30, 45 minutes and create this um, feature film thing. But really, there's no need to because everything exists so perfectly in this in this piece of art from Black Mirror that I wouldn't want to risk adding more to it. Um, yeah, so so the first girl is hitting on him, and I got the impression this time around that it's it's because she sees his merits. Um, <laughs> um, she sees that he has 15 million merits, and it's just this, it's like a light bulb goes off on like in her, in her that is like, Oh, she like, she's kind of a materialistic person. And that's, and that informs so much about the universe in this episode as well, because literally like it, it comes, it comes back when being is performing that, um, that essentially the way, the way that they express themselves is by buying useless things and un, like things that aren't real. And so the girl sees his merits and sees sees that as his merit. Um, not to put too fine a point on it, but it's just it's it's amazing. Um, and I love that he's just not interested. He's it's just he's not he's lonely. He's lonely in this world, but he's not. 
trying to find someone anyone he 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 has a connection with abby later in the episode because there's a connection with her and that's that's it and he's not um desperate for affection or or attention or romance or anything so the uh the class system or, or the kind of class system of this of this world where like the more fit people are the ones that are powering the powering everything and um people that aren't fit go through their as the description said they're viewed as second class citizens they have the crappy jobs they um are subject to humiliation on game shows and in media and it's so disheartening that people are people are viewed uh, people's values are viewed by their effectiveness in, in the society or their how they can contribute to society which it's i mean it's it's disgusting um, and it's abhorrent behavior and it's terrible but it's also it's just a a reflection of that society and to an extent like how we view people's um um effectiveness within our own society in, in a way and um it even comes down to the um, video game that that we see being playing in his spare time in his little uh, cell um because they're all overweight people that are cleaners that he's shooting. And it's, it's interesting that, that, that in that sequence or in those, those shots of the game, it's, I mean, it, it almost risks being a little too overdone or, or a little too, a little too much for, for that. Like we've established the fact that the more out of shape people are uh, relegated to uh, lesser jobs. And to see that so blatantly seen in, in a, um, so blatantly depicted in a video game, like like we have the the bother guts show that the obnoxious guy was watching on the bike, who where they just shove and humiliate um, overweight overweight people uh, for entertainment purposes. Like that's that's somewhat unique in it, in its or it's um, an interesting view of it. I mean, it's terrible and everything, but it's uh, it's interesting and or it's unique for the media pr- uh, presentation, but seeing the video game and then it's just the cleaners and, and it looks like a depiction of their, of their quote unquote office. Um, I kind of wish that it was like something, something different that still, um, got the point across, but it's a minor complaint. It's not anything, uh, too, too big. So going back to, to media and everything, um, hot shots, the, um, the show, the competition show, like, um, much like the X factor or American idol or what have you, it's, we, we get a little bit of exposition in that they're showing the, the videos of the, of the hot celebrity of the time. Um, and they're saying that there's a line of dialogue where I think it's judge hope says, um, or maybe the announcer, I don't remember. Uh, they say that they're putting their back into giving back for a brighter now referring to the people on the bikes. And that's just, that's just such a warped view of um, basically people being forced to work, uh, to sustain the, the, the world and everything. Um, but in that scene that there's that scene where I'm referring to a scene where Bing is laying in bed, like watching, just watching his screens, but after that, we see the uh, Wraith Babes show, the pornographic show um, that's objectifying everyone or objectifying women. And to see, like, and again, this is all great setups and setups to be paid off for later. But 
to see a, an extension of the way that the government, this totalitarian, dystopian government, whatever, what have you, um, has a sense of control over the citizens because like being looks away because he just doesn't want to watch it. And like the screen goes red, it says viewing obstructed and there's a loud alarm. It's just, it's they're forcing, forcing views on forcing people to view things that they don't want to see. It's, it's just so like that scene is so brilliant and it's, it's such a great, um, sequence in 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 the episode because it establishes so much about what this government is and what this government is doing to to people uh to its citizens and its its workers it's it's really remarkable and all of this is conveyed with conveyed without dialogue and that's i don't know i just i love it i i just love the beauty in the uh, world building i think it's just so great um so seeing the um, the obnoxious guy just berate the, the cleaners and, and talk about the guy who's struggling, um, on the bike. Um, I see that Bing is like depicted as this compassionate person in a compassionless world. And I just, I, I, I love that because it, like right after that is when, um, the guy on the bike next to the girl that was hitting on Bing, he is changing his hair on his avatar or who they call them doubles in the, in the episode. But like, she, like he tries to engage her in conversation and he looks over and says, how does this look or what have you? And then she just says very flatly, it's a bit much. And what I love about that is to go back to her being kind of a gold digger. <laughs> um, he only has 5,000 merits and it's, it's a, it's an interesting um, layer added to it because we have the class system of the more fit people on the bikes and then the unfit people working and cleaning and, and being humiliated and all that. Um, but there's also a status level to it because this guy has only 5,000 merits. He can't, he can't buy her crap. Um, so it's just, I don't know. It, it was just, it was a really nice touch for me. And what's amazing to me in all of this is I've, I mean, I've been talking for a while and at this point, I've just described 13 minutes of the episode, <laughs> um, like 13 minutes into it. And we've learned so much about this society, about this world, about what's, what's going on. And it's just, it's remarkable to me. I absolutely love it. And shortly after that is when we get our first, um, encounter or our first line of dialogues, uh, between, um, being an Abby. Um, and it's so, it's so beautiful. It's just, it's, it's beautiful because he just says, he's awkward. He's, he's shy. He's a little reserved. Um, he just tells her that he's drying his hands and she kind of, she kind of, uh, seems a little charmed by this and tells him that it's impressive. I just, I love that because it feels so organic and, and such a great way to establish this, this, uh, chemistry between them. And then, and then like not even, it doesn't even give us the opportunity to really process that too much because immediately after that, his screen, the screen in front of him, um, pops up with another, with a Wraith Babes advertisement saying, like referring to him as a, like a regular user. And I absolutely love the comedy of that because I thought that was really effective and it was a really great, like awkward humor thing. But the underlying layer of that is that the government is 
suppressing emotions. And it kind of makes the government or, or whoever's in charge, this unseen antagonist. And it's just, it's beautiful. And like, and being even goes to the, uh, goes to the extent of telling, like talking to the screen and saying, uh, calling it a dick. Um, cause I feel like that is, that is representative of what the government is doing in this world is that the world, like all emotion is being, all emotion is being suppressed and, and being, um, regulated and all of the brainwashing and, and, and things going on is, is just all to serve the bigger system and they can't allow people to, to form a, form a, a genuine connection with each other because then that who knows why because that means that they they won't be hard workers they won't be they they could see they could learn what they're doing or why they could they could see that what what's going on is not a natural way to treat people uh with free will and everything and i i love that because going on to the government suppressing emotions and and uh relegating emotion regulating emotions i should say is that everyone's costume like everyone's everyone's clothes are just drab and gray and just not not um interesting or anything it it reminds me of that episode of <laughs> of uh the simpsons where um bart wears a shirt from mad magazine to school and that causes everyone to um that that causes superintendent chalmers and and skinner to give them school uniforms and they're all gray and and they're not they're not interesting and that makes everyone behave um and everything so it's just i love seeing that type of um detail into the, in this episode of black mirror because it's just it just again it's great world building and i love it and shortly after their first scene or a little bit later, um, Bing and Abby are still are on their separate bikes and Bing is kind of looking over at her. Uh, she has this little origami thing that she's made and she kind of puts it on her bike. And then one of the cleaners just takes it and throws it away and apologizes. And I love that because it's again, it's, it's the government suppressing emotion or suppressing creativity, suppressing, you know, their, their subjects essentially. And the, the look that Abby gives when she sees that Bing is watching her and looking at her is so just so warm. And, and it's just to see her smile. It, it makes me think that, um, the government suppression of, of emotions in this, in this, uh, in this world, in this episode is it can only go so far. And I, I, I love it. And being in Abby's, um, interactions and, and dialogue it's it's so natural and organic and i love the way that being is super awkward <laughs> around her and and she is kind of uh she seems she seems flattered but also kind of reserved and, and shy and and um i don't know just their their chemistry is so strong and when being um offers to buy her her ticket uh for the show for hotshot to give her the opportunity to live a better life that is so it feels so genuine his his generosity toward her feels so genuine and and great and just the entire everything about their relationship up to that point is just so beautiful and organic and i i i really connected with it on a deep deep level and going back to like going back to the government being this 
over overwatching um emotion suppression machine is uh that the that the price of the of of the ticket for the show is was 15 million instead of 12 million and i i love that because it just shows that the government is like like they they can't let them have anything they can't let them have anything it feels like they're monitoring what's going on and they they're monitoring um being they see that he thinks it's 12 million so might as well make it 15 million so he has nothing and it's just it's just it's so intentional and cruel and just it's beautiful um from a screenwriting perspective and just in the way that they i don't know i'm so in love with abby and bing's relationship it's it's so it's so beautiful the way that it's the way that it's uh developed and in the elevator when she gives him the origami it's just it just shows so much that the, it shows that they care for one another and it's incredible it's it's just they he gave her an opportunity to give have a better life and she gave him something tangible something something a, a physical thing that that she created it wasn't like i don't know it's just it's so beautiful and and incredible and it's, it goes a long way to show that they care for one another and the actual process of going through hotshot or hot shots um and getting getting through that entire process is so it's so amazing because people like people aren't the people in the waiting area aren't excited per se or are there they have this overinflated sense of um superiority um like the one woman who is so um again this is a setup and call uh, and and uh payoff later in the episode but uh the one lady who's who's been waiting for for a long time and she wants her chance and everything but everyone is just so wrapped up in their own thing and then to see the the higher power or whatever it is uh choose abby um i feel like when when they chose abby to go so soon after they got there is i feel like this was all intentional to suppress their uh their growing relationship like i feel like that was all pre-planned i don't know if that was intended um by by the script or if that's just something that i'm interpreting it from it if you have if you have thoughts on on the intention the intention of of them being picked or abby being picked to go so soon um let me know if you if you think that that was intentional i feel like it it is but um the idea of them um drugging her before the performance with uh compliance that's (laughs) just the name compliance is kind of clever and and funny but seeing that and then uh uh, and seeing that and then also that, that that pays off later in such a great way but um seeing that is so disheartening and, and so just unsettling that they, that they have to drug her to to get her to comply to what they what they um suggest after her performance um then you get judge wraith just objectifying her immediately and then you get her performance and this is like this is the culmination of their relationship this is the culmination of this beautiful beautiful characterization that's gone on so far in this episode and like i don't know when she was singing that song and when she looks over at bing when she says the words um um anyone who wants to be in love or is in love something something about love and she looks at bing when she says that it's just it made my heart melt and it was it was it was beautiful um 
so this is like the moment where it should be a triumphant like like she's succeeded she's great she's she's done it she's gotten everything she wanted and because of because this because she has this shared connection with this man she was able to achieve her dreams but then immediately judge hope stops her and gives her notes on on being more sexual presence and then eventually that leads to um them offering her a a a, a way out of her mundane life and a way to um make everyone happy in that she becomes this pornographic actress and it's just it's so it's so heart-wrenching because she is drugged up she's a she agrees to it and it's all for the hope of fame and, and the hope of a better life. And it's just, it's, I think what was devastating to me, um, both times I watched this is that Bing's love and generosity toward her directly caused her to forsake her dignity and, and, um, and, and kind of go into this really disgusting, um, lifestyle that she doesn't, um, not to disgusting lifestyle in this context. I'm not disparaging porn actresses or anything or whatever, but anyway, <laughs> uh, just to see her forsake her, her dignity and essentially her life for the hope of a better, a better life that is directly away from being is just so heart wrenching. Um, and then the episode transitions into essentially its second half. It's it's kind of two thirds of the way through it, I think. But um, its second sequence, essentially, because um, we've had the whole relationship start up, the the um, the relationship building, essentially, and then we get kind of the downfall. We get the we get the we get the um, we get we get being back to being alone and then he has no merits now he can't skip over he can't skip over the ad which is so so horrifying and so so it like i felt for him so much because he is sitting in his room he can't he's literally being forced to watch the woman he loves do disgusting disgusting acts on his screen he can't escape from it at all and it's clear that she is just she's drugged up she's not she's not who she is and it's just it's absolutely uh, horrifying and heart-wrenching um then we get this great montage where he like like after he's after he's just flipped out and he's broken broken the uh the door and broken the screen and he has that shard of glass we just see we just see this wonderful montage of him earning back the merits. He's doing everything to earn back the merits. And it's such a great, um, use of, use of what's been, uh, the world building in the beginning of this episode. So he's, he's using the, the trick to get the, get the food out of the vending machine in order to eat without using, using his merits. He's, um, he's just focused solely on his goal of, of getting 15 million merits. And it's, I don't know. It's just, it's such a great sequence and, um, and I love it. And it makes you wonder like, what is he planning? What is he going to do? And, uh, him having the compliance, the empty compliance, like, like, uh, cup or, or, um, box 
is is so clever. It's it's so clever because I'd forgotten what he does with it and um seeing him use it when he gets through the system and everything um use it to show that he like he's already had it so he doesn't need doesn't need it. It's just it's a great clever way to skip him getting drugged up for his performance. So we get this amazing sequence. This this was such an amazing sequence. He does his little performance and it was kind of funny. I didn't pay like I, I sh- I wanted to rewind this, but I wasn't. Uh, I didn't get around to it. But um, as he's like doing his little dance and everything, the girl that has a crush on him, like she like takes off her sweatshirt. Um, it seems like she's kind of getting getting into it a little bit. It's very brief, but I thought it was pretty funny. But um, but then his outburst, his outburst, and his his big his big moment where he takes the glass shard and and sticks it to his neck, and he just he just pours out all of his emotion into into the crowd um, and into the judges. It's just that was that was such an incredibly impressive sequence, um, both as a performance, both as a performance by the actor and as a screenwriting as well. And he talks about how, um, how he basically sums up everything that's wrong with that society. And I, I love about, I, I love it because it's like, this is him taking down the government or this is, this is in any other movie, any other show with this type of thing. This is the big, you know, rebellion against the government, but it's, it's just, uh, it's amazing the way that judge hope reacts to it because the judges they twist it and they and they turn it around on him by saying that it's a performance and it's amazing and all that stuff and it's just it's incredible to me because it it's not he's not overthrowing the government he's he's not successful in overthrowing the government i should say he is just essentially uh becoming a part of the machine um, and that's, that's by hopes, judge hopes design, like him twisting it, it makes it twisting it around as a performance for the crowd. Um, it makes it less impactful and it gives giving him a show twice a week, um, in, in a better life in that penthouse and everything. It just shows, it shows the power of this, of this world, of this government, this overbearing government, this, this regime, this world, um, this totalitarian place because and i have in my notes i have just an all caps with an exclamation point it's inescapable and that is the that is one of the toughest things about this episode is that this is an un, an inescapable world for the characters and and being is trapped there and and abby has there's no redemption for abby she's still doing her thing and it's just, it's so depressing and, and sad. And, um, the end sequence where we see, where we see how everyone is still getting, doing their thing and, um, riding their bikes and, and the, uh, seeing everything like that, seeing, seeing the status quo being the same, but now seeing, um, the the live streams or the streams of of being doing his rage his rage thing but it being a part of the system is just so it's so interesting to me because it's like 
it's cheapening what he's saying and it's giving the it's giving the citizens of this world an outlet for their frustrations about it but it's still a part of the system so it's like it's it's making it okay for them to think about that briefly twice a week and it's still it's so it's not affecting anything and i just i love that about it i i love that about it i don't know if i'm even articulating it that well i just i love that he is now a part of the machine and as as big as his as his new cell is his penthouse is and how how like beautiful that view is he's still viewing a screen and it's i don't know this is and he, and he's still alone he doesn't have abby um he doesn't have abby he doesn't have anyone he's just there alone he has his figure that's um i, I assume supposed to be a representation of the of the origami uh, that he had. And also, by the way, I forgot to mention that earlier in the episode after Abby's left and he, um, has that origami piece and he's looking through it. It's just, it, the way that it's shown is it resembles a vagina. And I just, I just, I love that. I, I love that as a, um, piece of symbolism in it. But at the end when he has, has his, his life that is that's a better life but it's not accomplishing anything it's not solving anything um except that he has a bigger place to stay he has he has a screen that shows a beautiful landscape instead of countless ads and and just grotesque um entertainment um he achieved a certain amount of peace but he's still alone and that that's something that really resonated with me on a deep level and it made me really um it affected me really deeply because that's it's such a it's such a down ending for something that is somewhat positive in the context of of the the world that was established i don't know but also i do want to comment on the fact that he so so uh gently handles the shard and he has a special case for it i think that that's that's a nice touch. It seems like he is um, very aware of its importance to him and, and what it's, it's keeping it in mind. It's keeping it at the forefront of his mind. And he's, it shows that he hasn't um, been drawn into this, this life in this world. It's, it's, he's still a contemplative person. He's still a compassionate person. He still remembers where he came from. So I don't know if that's supposed to signify that maybe someday he could eventually break out of it or, or something, but that's all up to the viewer to decide. Um, but in the end, I swear, 15 Million Merits is not only one of the best episodes of Black Mirror that I've seen, um, if not the absolute best so far, but it, it might be one of my just favorite episodes of television that I've seen in recent memory because it is just so remarkable and it's, it's so beautiful. So, um, so yeah, so having said all that, um, that's my review of 15 Million Merits, my glowing review and, and kind of just, I don't know, it's, it was, uh, it's such a, such a beautiful, um, show and a beautiful episode and it's a great representation of what I love about the, uh, about Black Mirror and, I love that it's the second episode of the series because it is uh really it's a really great um showcase of what Black Mirror is and and I love it. So 
Yep. And uh, so, yeah, so that's my review of Black Mirror. Once again, um, you can find more of Anthology at AnthologyPod.com, including my main reviews of um, of The Twilight Zone, which I'm reviewing as a first-time viewer. And each episode takes one episode of The Twilight Zone and pairs it with a movie or show that's somewhat related to it in, in some way. Um, so it's, it's a fun, it's a fun show and I really hope you check it out if you're just checking in for Black Mirror or what have you. Um, look for my bonus reviews to continue for Black Mirror going forward. And also, um, I forgot to mention this, but, uh, Anthology is now available on, uh, Satchel Player. It's a podcast streaming app that, um, is fairly location based. So, so you can find episodes, you, you can find podcasts that are produced local to you, like near you in your city. So it's a really cool, it's a really cool, um, app and, um, the, I really like the user interface interface on the, uh, on the app itself. So anyway, um, having said that next week on the podcast, I'm going to be on the main podcast. I'm going to be reviewing, um, the, Twilight Zone episode 27, uh, The Big Tall Wish, which I'm really excited about. And the bonus review of that is going to be um, Rod Serling's breakout hit, um, Requiem for a Heavyweight. It was an episode of Playhouse 90, and I'm really excited to watch that. That's available on YouTube in its entirety. Um, So check that out, and then check back on Anthology when that episode releases. So, um, having said all that, thank you guys for listening, and... um, I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Anthology, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more episodes at AnthologyPod.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please take a few minutes to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. The more reviews I get, the higher the show will be ranked in iTunes search results, making it easier for people to discover it and grow the podcast. Of course, you can always email me your thoughts and feelings about the show to matt at obsessiveviewer.com. You can also tweet me at obsessiveviewer, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash anthologypod, or you can call and leave me a voicemail at 317 762 6099 for a chance to have it played on the show. If you like what you've heard here, I urge you to check out The Obsessive Viewer, a weekly movie and TV podcast I host with my friends Mike and Tiny. Also check out The Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where I write movie reviews, TV reviews, and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. If you want even more obsessive content in your life, subscribe to The Obsessive Viewer subreddit at r slash obsessiveviewer and check out obsessivebooknerd.com, our sister site for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious... Check out my friend Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com. Once again, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.